We are still in the handout from last week, but we have made it all the way to page three. We have just a couple of um, points left here. We were really talking about some of the dangers of social media. And it can also, by the way, I, I keep saying social media, it can extend to other um, websites and things because the internet now is primarily a social place. It is a, a place where we are there to communicate uh, with other people, even, even on other websites. So, but we had talked about, um, and point five was the perfect storm, which is uh, together with our own sinful natures and, and um, sinful tendencies in human beings, uh, now has been helped by these social media platforms and, and the, these internet sites to kind of become this breeding ground of sin uh, in, in certain ways. We talked about tribalism. Uh, and how that uh, the polarization of our society right now where people are there's less and less that we view as in common with other people especially if they have a different political um, affiliation or a different religion or a different um, ideology in some way from us we view them increasingly uh, as enemies rather than just other people okay so and tribalism was the, this idea that we instinctually uh, gravitate toward people who are like us. Uh, and then we, as we spend more and more time with people who think just like us, we are increasingly skeptical uh, of other people who don't think like us. And that can lead, it can lead to a lot of um, defensiveness or even attacks of, of, of other people. Um, we talked about polarization without empathy and compassion in, that, in the sense that if we are only around people who are like us, we forget that there are other perspectives and other points of view that are um, possible to have and, and then we only see others through a, kind of an enemy lens. You're either for me or against me. And we forget that they have different experiences, they have different points of view that may actually help us. Um, not necessarily that, especially as Christians, we don't regard other truth claims from other religions um, as equally valid as ours. But if we don't know what they're saying, what their arguments are, it, we, it's probably not going to help us be more effective communicators of the gospel, which is the only hope that they have uh, for salvation. So. We do need to be able to listen to other people without attacking them, um, even if they are hostile, right? So uh, being able to uh, have compassion for people who disagree, for, for people who are wrong. Then we talked about gullible. We can be gullible because if anybody can say anything and, and if they have the right vocabulary, if they have the right look about them, they create the right mood in their video. They can seem really persuasive. You know, then before you know it, you know, you're believing that the Earth's flat and never been to the moon and all these kinds of things. There's a lot of conspiracy theories that, that are um, thrown out there, um, and they have some real-world uh, impacts. So being careful about who we are going to trust. 
just because somebody is a celebrity or an athlete or a politician does not make them an expert on anything else other than maybe their basketball skills, right? If I need to know how do I get better at basketball, I might go to a NBA player or a college <coughs> basketball coach or something, but I don't necessarily go to those same sources and just believe what they say about politics or about religion or about the purpose of life. Okay, so, but we kind of get sucked into this thing. This person is really, they seem smart and they're really good at something. So of course they're going to be good at other things. And that's kind of an assumption that we, are, that we make a lot uh, in our culture now. Talked about how a lot of time on social media is linked to a lot of anxiety and um, unhappiness because we view other people's posts uh, with envy. A lot of times when they, they're posting their, about their vacation or about their Christmas gift, about their uh, perfect children, their wonderful job, all of those things, and, and we kind of see that and we're like, I don't have that. Or, like, why they don't deserve that. I know who that is. So there, there's a lot of that can breed a lot of unhappiness and discontentment. Talk about anxious, oh, anxiety, I rather. Um, and then we, that's one we really ended on uh, because the difference between when I, when I was going through, and if you were, if you're older than, than I am, when we went through high school, you felt like you had to perform. When you were in high school, when you're at school in the hallways, you had to walk a certain way, you couldn't say certain things, you, you know, you, people think you're weird or you're not cool or whatever. <laughs> so there's a lot of, of performing going on in, in an average high school. And, and now, <coughs> high school students, in, there's uh, an epidemic of anxiety and depression because they're performing all the time now because of social media and they're, they're constantly expected to post things. Um, to have, to, to look a certain way, and everything they're posting, they, then they have to look at it to see if anybody's liking it, or if they make a comment about it. Uh, so there's, the performing doesn't end when you go home. So that's one of the contributors to an increased level of anxiety for, for our students. But it's not just students who feel that. It's we all can can be in that boat. We we're why are we posting what we post? That's a question that we'll ask you again and here in a little bit. Um, what what are you trying to do by posting that picture or that status update? By commenting on that person's uh, post. And then we got to letter F, which is what we're starting today. We're isolated. We feel. Um, isolated, we have all of these friends, but we feel uh, lonely because the friendships that you that you find and develop online are not true friendships. There's a I was talking just at um, with some people at work, and they uh, are noticing that we've got high school students who are dating people that they haven't met. Like you meet somebody online, and it's not like that. The traditional, like we're on a website or a, an app that's designed to match people up and like eHarmony or those kinds of things. It's just they're 14, 15, 16 years old and they're dating people from different towns that they don't, they've not met. That's, that's not real. That's not reality. 
But in our devotion to, or the, the amount of time that we're devoting to social media, we are becoming more and more isolated. Prisoners of the moment. You know, the last couple of years we've heard the, the words, these are unprecedented times, or this is, um, this is an unprecedented pandemic. Is that true? No, no. So, but the more we are focused on these quick, <coughs> constant, ever-changing stories and aspects that we lose sight of a wider perspective, a longer-term perspective. Everything is the worst it's ever been. Or, I mean, not to be all negative, this is something might be, this is the best it's ever been, you know? <laughs> the, the current person is the best who's ever done this thing. Maybe, but probably not. Um, that might be the worst thing that's ever happened, but probably not. There's other things that are really bad that happen that, uh, in a broken world. So not being a prisoner of the moment, that this is my, all of my attention is on this one thing in this moment and that becomes magnified into this great big mountain of a problem okay and then the next one is where I really want to take a little time to think about on, on page four letter H this is one of the biggest um, contributors and even touches bleeds into the, the other letters that we've talked about so far um, in in this age of the internet we believe that attention assigns value and, the, and there's a kernel of truth in that, right? Like, we pay attention to the people and the things that we love, but that has been transferred to this, this viral video phenomenon, the, the viral posts, the viral tweets. If something goes viral, meaning you post it on there and then it explodes and, and thousands or millions even, People are watching it and seeing it, commenting on it, retweeting it. Then we feel like we are valued because we did that. So we have a whole culture, a whole generation of people, especially in it. He gets, I think, worse the younger you go, who perceive that if I can go viral, or the more people like my pictures or my content, the, the more important I am, the more worthy I feel, because that's what social media is geared toward. So how do we communicate to people? what value means or how they are valued. How, how would you counsel somebody who's struggling with um, constantly posting things, wanting to be um, paid attention to? What do we do about that? Well, they claim their identity when they have all this attention due to their post. Mm -hmm. They claim their, like you said, their value, their, their being themselves on other people's things, which changes. Mm -hmm. you know, it's a 
just switch that over to the value. You go back to they're created by God and exactly. by God. And that's where you can find that, which doesn't go up and down. Yeah. And, it, so, and we know that the, the fear of man is really the root of that. I am valuable or I'm important based on what other people will say or agree with or, or compliment me on. And in social media, that that can just explode. So is that where a lot of the anxiety is? Is people aren't liking your whatever? Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, how sad. Yeah, and and fear of man. I mean, it's a, that's a universal problem, mm-hmm. right? So we all have to battle that. We all have to to measure how much of what I'm doing and saying uh, is dictated by what I I'm afraid people will say, or maybe it's not a, in, to say it. I'm not afraid what people say, but how much of it is, is driven by how I can be respected? I feel like just in our time, like when I think back to high school, like it was like, oh, who was invited to the cool birthday party? Or mm-hmm. the, you know, those kind of things were mm-hmm. what we went through. But for them, it's like the mm-hmm. likes. It's, yeah. it's just directly on their phone what they're. And I can think of from personal experience, when I, when I was in high school, before I was in high school, when I was a kid, I loved basketball. Loved it. Played it all the time. Always had a basketball, always playing. When I got to high school, there's a switch that happened where I was no longer playing basketball because I loved basketball. I was playing basketball because uh, I, I wanted people to know that I was good at basketball. I wanted people to, to think, man, Brock's really good at basketball. And, and it was not fun. Basketball is no, no fun anymore. But about my sophomore year, it was no longer because I had made it something that it didn't hadn't always been. It used to be something fun that I loved, and I worked hard at it. But then now it's it's my identity, and I wanted to be known as a great basketball player, and and that changes my whole mindset about it. And I was worried about okay, if I if I play badly, what are people going to think about me? That's, I mean, that's a, a little bit different example, but that's that same fear of man drives in in all kinds of, of avenues. Whether it's I'm not I'm not friends with the, the that important group that I really like over there, or uh, I'm not uh, dating that person, or you know, and I know these are a lot of high school examples, um, but right now even, you know, do, does this. Do I, am I being recognized by this professional organization related to my work? Do the people who work with me respect my opinions or do they listen to what I say? That if we're not careful, we, we can really start living our lives to get the approval of people around us rather than fearing the Lord. Living my life for the approval of God. Yeah, yeah I think with... I've never seen it. We aren't really into social media at all. Um, we just are just maybe dabble with YouTube, but not the <clears throat> Twitter and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to relate because we're older generation. But from what I saw when we worked at, at, at kids' camp, is everybody was hooked up to the social media, and they were influenced by it so much. Mm-hmm. And by opinions of others, um, the counselors that came to the college kids were really influenced by. Um, like the social, cultural Marxism, really, the CRT, and that is so controlling. So um, 
I heard someone say, uh, I think it was Norm Geisler, that fraternity outweighs theology. So if you are, even if you might say, okay, I'm created in God's image, and everyone will say, I agree with that. We're all, you know, sodomites believe they are created in God's image. That way they're born gay. So if you say that, there has to be something more biblically without, and you can't say it without being offensive. Um, like, we are born sinners. We are separated from God. Um, and, you know, with Adam and Eve, and they say, oh, that's, you know, evolution. So there's a whole world view that you're clashing against. So you have to be careful not to reinforce the, um, the ideas that are out there by being trying to be Christian, trying to be nice, not offensive. Uh, and that's just going to reinforce their idea of their worldview. So I think we as Christians have to pray to be uh, wise as serpents and harmless as doves because it's, it's pretty dangerous. We don't want to encourage people to continue to think that way and reinforce that. To, to what point you was just thinking through this process as well, like when we're considering the fear of man, there is this there is this positive side of things where it's like I do things because I fear men, but there's also a negative side of it too. I don't do things because I fear men, mm -hmm. and I think with social media, um, there's there's this danger on both ends of the spectrum where I can want to be, I'm I'm just not going to post anything. I'm just not going to respond to anyone because I fear I fear what the fallout may be. I don't want to be seen as confrontational, I don't want to be seen as that kind of thing. And so I think it's important for us to understand that there is there is, there, there is a way to fall off the horse on both ends too, even with the fear of men. It's not just about what I do post, mm -hmm. but it's also about what I choose not to, what, what I choose not to speak out about mm -hmm. uh, because of the truth of God, kind of like what Will was saying, mm -hmm. um, because I fear what, what the fallout might be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are good points. So attention, um, from people does not assign value. So if I can put out some popular content, does not mean that I'm more valuable as a person. So like what, going back to what Mark's comment was, you have value because you are created in the image of God that we can say, say to people. That's true. Um, and so that that is our message, not, you know, and, and we, we've got to be careful why am I posting this, or why am I not going to post that? To Russell's question, or her, his point. Um, whatever we do should be with the fear of God at the forefront of our minds, and then is this going to be useful? And that, there, there's a whole question of, you know, am I willing to say things online that I wouldn't say to somebody right in front of me? Am I really brave as an apologist and a debater on Twitter? But then with the people when I'm interacting with on a day-to-day -day basis, I, they don't even know I'm a Christian. Like those are, those are questions that we need to ask. Or vice versa. I talk all, all on uh, to these people individually, but on, online I'm doing things or saying things that, are, that a Christian would not, uh, who is trying to please the Lord, would not say or not do. So, hopefully, one of the things that uh, we are, that I'm trying to, to communicate really clearly is social media, and we've said it last, last week, is not the, this, the fountain of all human sin and all that ails society. That's sin in our own hearts, right? 
so, but social media is a tool that we can use to really amplify it. So we've got to be careful with all of that. Now, we have a few more points. I'm just going to briefly mention them because we're running out of time. Um, but we have, we've traded privacy for expression. Okay? And we've talked about at the beginning of last week that all of the things that we, the information that we just give uh, to social media companies about ourselves. And then there's even more as we consume their, the content. Um, they're always recording things about us. And so there's, there's a, we need to be aware of what, what they're using that for. Okay. When there's, I just kind of thought of, you know, there's those funny quiz, the personality quizzes and things that you can take, which Disney character are you? All the, like that kind of stuff. It seems harmless and silly. Um, and in a lot of ways it is, but there, I mean, when you enter that stuff and you're telling them things about you, okay, and they're, and they're going to use it right now, it's used to target more specific ads, advertisements to get you to spend more money and to be more engaged in things. Um, so just being aware of that is helpful. Um, but maybe there's a line in which we, we shouldn't keep giving out all of that information. And, and there's a difference between privacy and secrecy, too. Okay? So it's, it's not wrong to... Because some people will, well, I don't have anything to hide. I mean, I'll bring Alexa in my house and, hey, Alexa, do, and, you know, do the whole Alexa thing when you know that they're, they're... You know, every time you do a, hey, Alexa, this, that, and the other thing, that's being recorded. Um, whenever you're doing searches on the internet... I'll, there's, there, there may be nothing to hide, but that doesn't mean so we don't prize secrecy. But there are certain limits that we should, should boundaries that we should have in our lives, uh, where we're not going to allow uh, companies and, and random people to have all of this information about us. Um, and that's different from I want to keep secrets and I want to I mean, guard secret areas from my life from other people to see it, especially those who are you know, caring for me, who are in my family or who, who are in my church. There shouldn't be the secrets, like I, I'm doing things online or I'm doing things on social media that I don't want anybody to know about. That's where we're getting into sinful, um, sinful waters there. Okay, Will, yes? Yeah, I just want to add, just taking a 10,000 or 30,000 foot look at this, it really looks like the whole social media setup is a framework for Revelation 13, um, the Antichrist government, the way that you know it says you can't buy or sell without a mark, or that means there has to be a technological control over the world. And um, through social media, through all the big corporations that are in line with you know that kind of thinking, World Economic Forum that's happening, you know they have a, a set date of 2030 that you know you'll own nothing and be happy. That's infiltrated the whole world. And that's all, I mean, some people say, oh, it's a conspiracy theory, but that's all out there right now. It's not a theory, it's a conspiracy, mm -hmm. but it's not a theory. Um, and some people, like, as Christians, we can't just sit back and say, oh, that's crazy. Uh, but we need to be wise as serpents and look at that and say, wait a second, how are we lining up? You know, if that's happening, how much sooner is Christ's return? How, how can we be ready for his return and tell people, <laughs> be ready, because God's coming? Yeah, so the, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that could be going on, that, and right now, the as far as I can tell, a lot of this data, these data issues are it's about making money for for companies, for private companies. 
Um, and could that be used for really nefarious purposes? Sure, it probably could be. And um, so we need to be careful. That's what, I, what it's fools. I'll say on that one. Okay. But yeah, there's the last two points are kind of related. They're linked. Um, oh, I, I skipped one. So pursue of affirmation instead of truth, and that's related to letter H a little bit too when we're posting things because we want people to like it, um, and that we crave that attention because it makes us feel good. Um, we post what we post to get people who agree with us to say, yeah, you know, amen, you know, that's so great, and the, all of the, the comments and things. Um, are we doing it to be affirmed, or are we doing it because we believe it would be good for someone to know this? Okay. And then the last two are that we, we demonize people we dislike and destroy people we demonize, and that was um, tied to the, the phenomenon called cancel culture, where you've got um, a lot of people online, if you post something that they view as offensive, it's kind of like this dogpile and, and give a lot of negative reviews and, and even trying to put pressure on um, people who might be uh, associated with you or uh, in your business to, to get you to be fired or to, to cause some other negative um, consequences for what you posted. And the idea is uh, you scare people into not speaking things that you don't like. And so that, that's been a thing that, and it happens on both sides, even though there's, there's a side that does it more. So, but we've got to be careful when, if it's not my side that's, that's doing the canceling, then be careful that I'm not uh, participating when, it, when the shoe's on the other foot. If people are saying things that I think are bad, Am I trying to go after their jobs, or if I'm, I'm trying to go after their friends and, and cause them to be, uh, be quiet about their, their views? So, a lot of, lot of dangers to be aware of. So what do we do now? You can go to, if you've got part two, and let's switch over there. Our objectives with this one, with this handout, in this lesson, this next discussion is uh, we want to critique our habits and patterns of social media and internet use um, and, and to prayerfully consider changes that we should make to our online behavior. Okay. So, and again, a, a source of a lot of this information is, is that same book, Terms of Service. Um, and, and he gives a, a series of recommendations for how do we com combat some of the negative influences of social media because it's kind of it's kind of built in okay so how do we now that we're kind of aware that they're there how can we counteract them if as we continue um, uh, to use these platforms uh, one of them he says is to study history how many of you like history Less than half, <laughs> okay. All right, should you love history, or should we love history? History repeats itself if we don't learn from mm -hmm. it, right? So mm -hmm. that's why we should study it, because it mm -hmm. comes right back around. Yeah. So maybe you don't have to love it, but should we all know a bit of history? Mm -hmm. I think there's a, there's a theological aspect to it as well. Um, but let's look, turn your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 1. There's a couple of reasons why it's good to know what has happened 
really speaks to what Peggy just mentioned there. Verse 9. What has been is what will be. And what has been done is what will be done. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which it is said, See, this is new. It has been already in the ages before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of later things yet to be among those who come after. So here we see uh, Solomon just telling us, hey, there's nothing new. History repeats itself. We're in cycles. But he's also lamenting that there's no remembrance of former things. Verse 11. You be aware that this has happened before. Okay. There have been people like this person, motivated by the same things that motivate that person, with the same goals that that person is pursuing. So there's nothing new under the sun. Political corruption is not new. Uh, fear of man, desire for affirmation, they're not new. Things that will do for affirmation, have been done before. Seeking power is not new. Yeah. People love power. <clears throat> they use a variety of means to get it. Um, they've been doing that long before electricity, long before the internet. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. <clears throat> this is perhaps an even more important reason why we should know some history. Especially um, scripture, what has been written for us. Starting in verse 1 For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and, and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and, that, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, most of them, God was not pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things took place as examples for us, that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. We must, put on, we must not put Christ to the test, as some of them did, and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. So why would knowing what has happened before be helpful for us today? <coughs> People don't change because we're the we're the same. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We learn from mistakes. Yeah. Paul says it twice. This is they were examples for us, writing to believers. Right. So that and that's true for us today. Um, so the action steps: don't neglect the Old Testament. Right. Sometimes we like to to live in the New Testament. That's well. That's where you know. The Gospels are, and that's where the epistles are. So I'll just, I'll just really focus on it. The Old Testament is, is vitally important for us to be reading and remembering what Israel did. We are a lot like Israel. 
I also think that um, the Israelites were constantly reminded of their own history. Even mm -hmm. today, mm -hmm. they are constantly reminded of, of their own history. There's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and their, their motto is, is, we'll never let it happen again. Mm -hmm. You know, they have a reason to know history. Yeah. It's the reason for the feasts, the, the ceremonies, and things. It was about remembering what has happened. <laughs> And it's interesting, the examples they give here are all negative examples. Mm -hmm. So the goal is not to remember how good we did things in the past, <laughs> but rather to remember that we are evil beings and we need to say no to mm -hmm. evil things and not desire evil. So they're recognizing their past faults and the goal is for that to not happen mm -hmm. again. Don't do that. Don't be unbelievers like they were unbelievers. And... and a couple weeks ago we talked about in, in Exodus when the people had just walked through the plagues and they literally walked through the Red Sea and they saw God deliver them and he was saying remember this remember what the Lord has done because we forget and they go a few days and they got hungry and thirsty and they're like well, you brought us out here to die yeah that was that was their thing okay <laughs> No, <laughs> remember what, what God has done for you. Remember how he just crushed Egypt and he brought you through the Red Sea? Like, so remember, we, we have to remember the, our history. I'm reading a book uh, by Eric Metaxas called A Letter for the American, to the American Church. And he, he's the guy that wrote the biography of Bonhoeffer, um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And he says he's comparing the church today in America like the church was in Germany in 1933, um, how dangerous it is for us to just sit back and just say, oh, it's okay, God will take care of things without standing up, because uh, the things that are happening here in America are very par close parallel to what was happening pre-Hitler, before the Nazis really took over what they were doing. And even back in yeah, Roman, Roman Empire days, and we can find parallels in a lot of different um, historical time periods and there there have been other people like our current president and there have been other people like the one before our current president and so you know because we have these reactions like this is the worst ever or that was the worst ever um, there have been very similar things that have happened around the world but even in, in American history so there's so the second action step was you know, start to read about Find just articles about other presidents, about other political topics, because that's kind of a hot button right now, but other societies and how um, they've gone, risen and then declined. There's a lot of information that we can find, and it would be good for our perspective. It'll broaden your perspective on our current situation. So those are all things to do. Letter B, admire creation. Look at Psalm 19. We'll read that. The more time we spend on the internet, the less time we are doing things like, or noticing things like, uh, you see in Psalm, not 119, Brock, Psalm 19. Psalm 19, starting in verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, 
and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the uh, end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit uh, to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. And there, I mean, there is countless portions of scriptures we can we can go to uh, that will remind us that creation what is creation doing it is declaring the power and the beauty and the majesty and the uh, creativity of God the goodness of God and if we're staring at screens we're missing a lot of that so one way to counteract some of the, the effects of social media that we've been talking about is put it away observe creation Psalm 104 does the same thing. Psalm 148, uh, Job, uh, the end of, end of Job in chapters 39 and 40 and 41, 42, where God is talking to Job and said, where were you when I was doing all of this amazing thing? You know, so um, that's all God's work. And it's amazing. So we need to look at it. Take walks. Go outdoors. Sitting. Read a book outside. Do some gardening. Go to parks. Bird watching. So, um, uh, some of you are hunters. Go hunt. Enjoy the creation. There's there's many other things you could do. Uh, observing creation, learning about um, what God has made. Value silence. This is going to be a hard one. In the book, it was really funny. Uh, he he tells a story of when he was in high school, and he he would have days, and he just decided to do this randomly that he would have a couple of days a month where he would not say anything all day at school. <laughs> so he would just go. And he said he was a pretty talkative kid. And so when he would, when he would do this, he would creep his friends out. So they're like, what's wrong with you? So all of a sudden, he would just not talk. And he, he said he, he kind of you know, attributes it to, um, he was just kind of the, the normal moody teenager stuff. But he, but he said it was also this, he, he grew to really like doing it because he learned so much more. When you're just, you be quiet and you listen to what other people are saying. And he would only speak if he really had to. If a teacher called on him for something, then he would, then he would speak. But he would really work to be quiet. And, and that's, maybe not the moodiness, but uh, we've got the, uh, the idea that silence is good and necessary is biblical, right? So James 1, 19. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Right? Um, Proverbs 10. There's a couple of verses here in Proverbs chapter 10. Um, Proverbs is filled, by the way, with, with uh, wisdom from Solomon about how we should and should not use our words our tongues but Proverbs 10 19 when words are many transgression is not lacking right but whoever restrains his lips is prudent the tongue of the righteous is choice silver the heart of the wicked is of little worth 
The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of sense. And then go down to... Oh, no, no. Okay. So, this constant need. We, we all probably know some, some people who, if there's a, a pause in the conversation, they feel this need to fill it. So they start talking about stuff. Um, and so that's, are we comfortable with silence? And that's not silence while you're on the phone looking. I mean, silence. I mean, you know what I'm saying? If there's no conversation between you and your spouse because you're both on the phone, then that becomes not really silence, mm -hmm. is it? Is that fair? I don't think it's yeah. yeah. So Right. Being silent, yeah. <laughs> being silent in the sense of I'm, I don't have to have anything, any right. sounds coming out. Right. Um, I can sit with with nothing entertaining me, with no screens. Right. Yeah. So uh, I don't have to be talking with another person if I'm alone. You know, waiting in line. I mean, can I just wait and look around? Like. You would think that we that, that that's like the worst possible situation because anytime there is a moment of waiting or silence, what do people do? I mean, I don't want to have to look at anybody, right? There is this constant draw to be looking at something, but there's, so there's that resistance to just quiet. Boredom is like another thing on that list of evils to avoid, right? Silence, uh, no entertainment, not having my mind preoccupied or, or watching some video or movie or TV show, scrolling social media. Can, you, can we be silent and have our minds just observing things around us? Maybe deep in thought about some uh, text of scripture that we read this morning. We are losing a lot of that. Okay. Uh, and I, I am guilty of that often too. I'll, we, we have our time of devotions and then I'm going along and I have, I have to have like a podcast going. I have to have music on. Now, is there anything wrong with music on in, in itself? No. You know, it's, I mean, I, it's usually worship songs, right? But, and I'm usually, I'm listening to, you know, good audiobooks or good podcasts or sermons. But I've noticed in my own, my own life, there's not very many moments where I'm just having to sit and contemplate things that I've heard. And I'm afraid sometimes I'm becoming a, a fool who kind of hears something really good and then it's on to the next thing, and not, I don't do anything with what I just heard, that lesson that I should have learned. The scripture that I just read, oh, check, check the box, I did my devotion. Am I, am I having to examine my heart? And what does that require? I mean, for me, maybe for not for you, for me, I, it has to be quiet for me to really do that effectively. And it's probably true for most of us. So, value silence. And that's like auditory, sure, but it's also like screen silence. Turn it off, put it away. Turn off the notifications, turn, turn it off. I don't do, get that away. 
And then thinking about when I am on social media, how can I value silence then? How often do you post things? How often do you make comments? It may be a thing where you just scale that back. I'm not saying don't post anything. But if I'm posting, you know, three status updates a day, just need to phone, cut that back. You know, do they really need to know what I'm eating for lunch? Yeah. You know? Do, do they really need to know that I just had a, somebody cut me off in traffic and I'm having a bad morning? It's going to get into another point that we're going to go, which is actually the next one. Pursue humility. If, if I look at, if you look at my news feed and, and, and you, you kind of get a picture of what I think is important, what I think other people should know about me. And social media as a system is kind of built for me to kind of be on the stage and for me to, to what's on your mind, Facebook says. Always asking me. Log into Facebook. What's on your mind, Brock? Well, let me tell you. The world needs to know what's on my mind. There is a, a temptation for all of us to, to really value what our experience is, what we think you know, I think that my ideas are the best ones. My ways of doing things are the best ways. And you should really probably respect me and admire me. So let me tell you why. That, that is part of our sinful, prideful hearts. And asking ourselves, am I using my social media platform to glorify myself or the Lord? Why do I think somebody needs to see this or, or hear this? And that is not to say, by the way, that I, I don't think you should post anything. Okay? Post things, but that you should have, we should think through that as Christians. Why am I doing this? Am I just after affirmation or attention for this? If, I'm, if, I'm, if you post something and then you're checking back a lot for what other people are responding to, that's, that's a little flag. Can you post something for the good of the people that are in your social media circles? Sure, you can. Can you post something for the glory of God? Yeah. Is that the reason for the bulk of what you post? That's, that's something we've got to ask ourselves. But pursuing humility, if someone looks at my feed, and like we said, who's the star of my social media feed? And the other action step would be, do you have someone who, if they were to read your feed and had some concerns, would, would they come to you about it? What if somebody came to you and said, hey, listen, You've posted some things here that I don't think are, are great. I don't think that is glorifying God. I think, that's, I think that's unnecessarily sharing a lot of information. I think that's unnecessarily divisive. I think that's whatever. Do you have somebody who will do that? Most of us probably don't. Uh, and if you say, yes, I do, have they ever come to you? 
and, and given you some of that feedback, would they, would they know that, and that's, this is coming a little bit later too, accountability in the next point, have you invited somebody to do that? Maybe, well, definitely would be something that I, I need to go and do as an, as an action step. We all need accountability to answer the question, who needs accountability? Everyone needs accountability. That's why we are to come here on a Sunday morning. We worship together, yes, and we also help one another. We hold one another accountable. So to establish accountability, let's invite some people, have some conversations with some people. Hey, if you see in my social media posting some problems, please come to me. Talk to me about it. And then when they go talk to you, it's probably a time where you need to be silent. <laughs> yeah, that would not be the time to. Well, actually, here's what I meant to do by that. Here's why you're wrong. No, just okay. And you tell that should be part of the conversation. Please come to me. I promise I won't say anything for 24 hours. And then, if I, after I've done some hard examination and I've thought about it, then I may come back and, and ask you more clarifying questions, or I might uh, talk to you about that. But yeah, that, that's a great point. Please help me, hold me accountable. I promise I'm not gonna bite your head off if you do it. So, and that's hard. Now, the last thing, building friendships. We're running out of time here. And let's go to just the, that question. What are the obstacles to building good friendships? Takes time. Time and I think with social media, there's just a, a front you put up so nobody really knows you. So there's no real knowledge of hard to build a good friend when there's no intimate knowledge of not, you know, of how, what your life is really like. You know, yeah. A good friend would know that, but when we keep everything so superficial, there's no, you can't build a good friendship. Yeah. It takes, it takes time. There's a lot of time required. There's a lot of um, vulnerability required. If I'm going to have a friend, a real friend, they're going to know some things about me that are not just the the easy, positive uh, things that are that some people might think about me just from a distance. They're going to be close in proximity. They're going to know my weaknesses and my strengths. So that's, that's risky. Having good friends is risky. Is it necessary? Yes, it is. Proverbs 27, 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. That's a, that's a great picture of what we kind of see on social media. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. And we can go um, to those other scriptures, but we are out of time. We talked about what is, what is required for building good friendships. And it's, a lot of it is intentionality, time, a willingness to share, not just talk about on the surface level of, of, you know, how the Jayhawks are doing, 
how the wildcats are doing and how the weather is, but how my heart is, how my family is, how uh, I'm doing in my struggle against sin. So those are things that we must do. Schedule time to be with friends. Think of, ahead of time, topics of conversation that we're intentionally going to bring up. Pray for friends. Be a godly friend. And the last point is screen Sabbaths. And that's, that's this um, article. Uh, and in it, it, it was, I thought it was helpful. Uh, but it's considering when can we put the phones and the screens away? Is there, is there a protected time somewhere in your week where you put, set it aside and you are with um, your friends, with your family, valuing creation, thinking deeply about the Lord, evaluating the state of my heart, my soul. So I would encourage you to read that and... Um, Talk with someone about it. When when is this going to happen? If this new, and some of you maybe are, you're already doing it. You already have times where I'm just you're putting it away. And, that's, and praise the Lord, continue. Uh, if and I I personally I got to figure out when am I going to have that time of no screens. So that's something that my wife and I are talking through, and and you know maybe talking with some of you about. That is all of the time that we have this morning. Next week, there is no Sunday school. So um, when we come back, we will be starting a new series. John, what was it called again? With seven Hopes of a Heaven-Bound Saint. Yes, Seven Hopes of a Heaven-Bound Saint. 30 minutes of video and 30 minutes of discussion. Yeah. So, all right. Thanks, everybody.